Chapter 15 Did you hear me? Mr. Farberson repeated. I said I know the truth. Jade recovered her voice first. I don't know what you're talking about, she said. Don't hand me that, Farberson growled. Dina thought he had the meanest face she'd ever seen. She tried not to think about what he would do next, now that he knew who she and Jade really were. To her surprise, he just walked behind his desk and sat down. He still looked angry, but not dangerous. In fact, he let out a big sigh. Come on, girls, he said. I know you're not from the agency. I doubt if you're really 18. What's your game? Dina had never felt so relieved in her life. She tried to keep her face from changing, but sneaked a peek at Jade. Jade could be a great actress, Dina thought. She was staring right back at Mr. Farberson, her eyebrows raised haughtily. What makes you think I'm not for the agency, she said. I wasn't born yesterday, said Mr. Farberson. Neither was Katie, the hostess. She thought something was a little funny about you gals, so we called the agency. They haven't sent anyone today. All right, said Jade. I'll tell you the truth. You made it sound as if she was doing him a big favor. The fact is, I heard about this job from my cousin. She's a friend of your last assistant, Linda Morrison. My cousin told me Linda wasn't working here anymore, and I need a job. I didn't know you were hiring through an agency till I got here. Farberson continued to look at her, an almost admiring look on his face now. I got to admit you have spunk, he said. I'm halfway tempted to try you out. Thank you very much, said Jade. But I wouldn't want the job now. I could never be happy working for someone who was so suspicious. Hey, listen, said Mr. Farberson. I've got to take care of myself, you know. You'd be surprised how many people try to take advantage. I'm sure I would, said Jade, her voice like ice. Come on, Sally, she said to Dina. Let's go find some place a little more congenial. With that, she stood up, grabbed the application she started to fill out, and headed for the door. Dina, her legs a little weak, followed her out the door, down the corridor, through the restaurant, and into the car. Neither girl said a word until they were a block away from our burger three, and then Dina let out a whoop. Jade, you were fantastic, she shrieked. I can't believe it, Jade had finally let herself start to laugh. When he said he knew the truth, I thought he meant... I know, said Dina, me too. I was scared to death, but you were cool as a cucumber. Are you kidding, said Jade. I thought my heart had stopped beating, but I knew I had to keep talking. How did you know his former assistant's name, Dina asked. The hostess told us, said Jade. First she called her Miss Morrison, and then Linda. Wow, said Dina. I was so scared I wasn't even listening. I think you deserve an Academy Award, she laughed again. I could never work for someone who's so suspicious, she said, mimicking Jade. That was great, and the way you calmly kept going through his desk drawers. Which reminds me, said Jade, slamming on the brakes and stopping in front of the 7-Eleven. She reached into her purse and pulled out the envelope she had taken. Jade carefully opened the envelope and pulled out a sheet of folded paper. What is it, said Dina. Jade scanned the paper. It's a plane reservation, she said. A plane reservation, said Dina. Get this, Jade went on. It's to Buenos Aires, Argentina, one way. Wow, said Dina. It looks as if Mr. Farberson is about to take a trip. And he's not planning to come back, Jade added. The ticket's for Saturday morning. Saturday, exclaimed Dina. This is Tuesday already. Jade, we've got to take this to the police. No, wait. Jade stared at the paper in disbelief. The ticket reservation is for two people, not one. Huh? Dina grabbed the paper away from her and read it. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess it means he was planning to take his wife on a one-way trip to Argentina. Maybe they were planning to take a ship back or something, Jade said. She put a hand on Dina's shoulder. Sorry, kiddo. This paper I stole is useless. It doesn't prove anything. We struck out. If we show this to the police, they'll laugh us out of the station. We've got to let the police know that Farberson is leaving the country in three days, Dina insisted. How are you going to explain how we know that, Jade asked. He's a respectable businessman, remember? 
and were two lying teenagers who just ransacked his office. Dina stared down at the plane reservation in her hands. But if Farberson leaves town, we'll never be able to prove that Chuck is innocent, she wailed. What are we going to do? Jade thought about it for a long while. We have to find out more about Farberson, she said finally. Maybe Linda Morrison can help us. Who? His former assistant, said Jade. Don't you remember anything? She's the woman whose job I was supposedly applying for today. Oh, said Dina. Right. But how can she help us? We don't even know her. Can you get a car tomorrow? Said Jade instead of answering. Her smile was back and Dina knew she was hatching another plan. I don't know, said Dina. My parents are still mad about the phone calls. My mother's car is still being held by the police. Listen, we've got the whole day tomorrow. Teacher conference day, remember? My dad's back tomorrow, so I don't have wheels. Try to get the car. Offer to drive your dad to work. Tell your parents you have to do some research at the big library in Waynesbridge. What are you talking about? This may not be a term paper, Jade said, but as far as Chuck is concerned, it could be the most important research you ever did. I don't believe we're doing this, said Dina. It was 11 in the morning, and she was so nervous about driving her father's BMW. She was having trouble concentrating on what she was doing. Usually, she loved to drive either of her parents' cars, but everything that had happened lately, combined with the thought of what she and Jade were about to do, had given her a severe case of butterflies. Will you relax, said Jade. Just keep your eyes on the road. Miss Morrison said we should turn right on Lakewood. What did you say to her, Dina asked. How did you get her to agree to see us? I told her we're conducting a survey, Jade said smugly. I figure we can find out more if we go in person. Great, said Dina. First we're applying for a job, now we're doing a survey. I'm sick of pretending to be someone I'm not, Jade. This is the only way we can help Chuck, said Jade. Besides, there's no reason why we can't use our real names, and we are trying to get information from her. How did you even find her? Dina asked. I let my fingers do the walking, answered her friend. There are only two L. Morrisons in the whole phone book, and she was the first one I called. Dina just shrugged. Jade was right about what they were doing. This was the only way to help Chuck. But somehow she had a feeling it was also a big game to Jade, a chance for her to show off and play tricks on other people. Turn here, said Jade. It should be up in the next block. Dina pulled up to the curb in front of Miss Morrison's house. It was a small, one-story wooden house with a cheery vase of flowers in the front window. Now remember, said Jade, let me do most of the talking. Right, said Dina. She picked up her clipboard and followed Jade up to the front walk. The door was opened by a short, attractive woman with frosted blonde hair and a pleasant smile. Hello, Miss Morrison, said Jade. I'm Jade Smith from SNS Research Associates. I talked to you on the phone yesterday afternoon. This is my colleague, Dina Martinson. No wonder Jade is so good at this, Dina thought. Who else would think to use a word like colleague? You girls are both so young, said Miss Morrison. Come on inside. We're students at the college, Jade said. We do surveys part-time. The two girls followed Miss Morrison into a small living room decorated in soft shades of beige and rust. Jade sat down in an armchair and pulled out a pencil, very businesslike. Dina tried to copy her actions and expression, but felt like an idiot. Our firm is doing a survey of the restaurant business in Shadyside, Jade told Miss Morrison. We're concentrating on employer-employee relations. Now, we understand you were recently employed by the Burger 3 restaurant? That's right, said Miss Morrison. But how on earth did you know that? We've already interviewed your former employee, Mr. Stanley Farberson, Jade said. Can you tell me what kind of boss he was? Dina thought that something changed in Miss Morrison's face, as if a dark shadow had passed over her attractive features. He was okay, she said sharply. Not a bad boss. Jade pretended to write something in her clipboard. What exactly do you mean by that? Miss Morrison seemed visibly flustered. 
Just that. He was okay. Treated everyone all right. I see. Jade made another notation. She looked so serious and businesslike she almost had Dina believing it. Now, did you know his wife? What? Miss Morrison's cheeks flushed. His wife? Did you know his wife? I'm sorry. Yes. You'll have to excuse me. I'm a little edgy today. I'm having a bad day, and it isn't even noon. Well, we won't keep you long, Jade said. So, did you know his wife? She came into the restaurant sometimes. Miss Morrison stared at the flower vase in the window. How did she and Mr. Farberson get along? Jade asked. Instead of answering, Miss Morrison gave Jade a suspicious look. Oh no, Jade's gone too far, Dina thought. What does that have to do with the restaurant or employee relationships? Miss Morrison asked. She started to say something else, but the phone on the table beside her rang. She picked it up quickly. Hello? Thank goodness it's you, darling. I've had such a dreadful morning. I... Oh. She suddenly remembered Dina and Jade were in the room. Standing up, she handed the receiver to Jade. I'm going to go talk on the other extension. Please hang this up when I get on. I'll only be a moment. Sure, Jade agreed. She held the receiver in front of her, waiting for Miss Marsh to pick up the other phone. Are you there? A man's voice on the end asked. Jade froze. She was sure she recognized the voice. She put the phone to her ear. When Miss Morrison got on, Jade clicked the receiver button, but she didn't hang up. What are you doing? Tina demanded. Shh! Jade held a finger up to her lips. Oh, darling, I'm such a wreck, Miss Morrison was saying with emotion. You've got to come take it away. But I'm on my way to the restaurant, the voice said. Jade knew she was right. It was Farberson on the other end. She pressed the receiver to her ear. I can't have it in my house any longer. You've got to come take it away. Please, Stanley. Please, come take it away. Please. Well, okay, Farberson growled. I'll be there in five minutes. Five minutes? Jade silently replaced the receiver. Dina, we've got to get out of here. What? How can we? Miss Morrison returned, appearing flushed and uneasy. Sorry about the interruption. She sat down in her chair. Now, where were we? Jade and Dina abruptly stood up. Afraid we've got to be going, Jade said, looking nervously out the window. But what about your survey? Uh, there's been a mix-up, Jade said. We were supposed to be somewhere else now. I made a scheduling error. She looked at her clipboard as if to confirm the error. We'll have to come back sometime. Why don't we just go through it very quickly, said Miss Morrison. I'm sure we can do it in five minutes or so, and it'll save you a trip. No, really, Jade insisted, glancing out the window, her face reflecting her panic. Come on, Dina, we've got to scoot. We're really sorry, Miss Morrison. Thank you for being so understanding. Ignoring the confused look of Miss Morrison's face, Dina followed Jade out the door. Hey, what's your hurry? She called as Jade ran to the car and slid into the passenger seat. Farberson will be here any minute, Jade said in a loud whisper. That was all Dina had to hear. She practically dived behind the wheel, started the car, and backed down the drive. Go around the block and come back, Jade instructed. What? Park halfway down the block. We've got to see what Farberson does. What's going on here? What is going on here? Dina demanded. What did you hear on the phone? She called Farberson darling, Jade said, keeping an eye out for Farberson's car. She did? You mean? I mean something is definitely going on between the two of them. She begged him to come over and take something away. She said she couldn't bear to have it in her house anymore. He groused about it, but he's on his way over. What on earth could it be? Dina asked. She circled the block and parked across the street and a few houses down from Miss Morrison's house. Seconds later, Farberson's old car pulled up Miss Morrison's short driveway. Duck, duck down, Jade whispered. He might see us. As they peered over the dashboard, Farberson walked straight up to the house without looking left or right. Miss Morrison greeted him at the door, and the two of them kissed, a long, lingering kiss. Then she pulled him inside and closed the door. Wow, Dina said. Double wow, Jade said. 
The two of them are definitely an item. Do you think Miss Morrison is the reason Farmer Singh killed his wife? Dina asked. I don't know. Jade stared at the closed door to Miss Morrison's house, as if it had some answers for her. I just thought of something. The plane reservations to Argentina. What about them, Jade? Maybe the second ticket is from Miss Morrison. You mean he plans to leave the country with her? Yes, it's perfect, Dina said with growing excitement. He killed his wife and he plans to run away with Miss Morrison. Now we really have something for the police. No, we don't, Jade said, shaking her head. All we have are a lot of guesses. Maybe Farberson's having an affair with Miss Morrison. Big deal. That doesn't prove he killed his wife. We haven't proved anything, Dina. Well, then we've got to get the proof. Why are we sitting in this car? Shouldn't we stink up and look in the window? Dina started to open the car door. No, don't move. He's only staying for a second. He told her he was on his way to the restaurant. Just as she said that, the front door opened and Farberson appeared. They could hear him call goodbye to Miss Morrison, and then he closed the door behind him. What's he carrying? Dina asked. Farberson had a small package in his hands. It appeared to be a paper bag tied up with a string. He lifted the lid of the small garbage can next to Miss Morrison's porch and started to deposit the package in it. Then suddenly he changed his mind. He replaced the garbage can lid and carried the package to his car. That's very strange, Dina said, ducking low behind the steering wheel. He started to throw it away and decided to take it with him. What on earth could it be? They watched Farberson back down the drive. Follow him, Dina, Jade said. Let's see where he goes with that package. Dina started the BMW and eased it slowly after Farberson's car, staying more than half a block behind him. I know what it is, she said suddenly, turning the corner. What? I know it's in the package, Jade. I just know it for sure. Well, come on, don't keep me in suspense. It's his mask, Dina said, her eyes straight ahead in Farberson's car. It's the mask and the bloody shirt he wore the night he killed his wife. Chapter 16 Look out for that bus! Dina swerved to the right just in time. The angry bus driver leaned on his horn. Sorry, Dina apologized to Jade. I was so busy watching Farberson's car, I didn't realize I was over the line. Or almost to his restaurant, Jade said. I know I'm right about the package, Dina said, stopping for a light. He had to hide the mask and bloody shirt somewhere, right? Right, Jade agreed. Miss Morrison was a perfect person to keep it for him. Yeah, maybe, Jade said. I did hear her say over the phone that she couldn't bear to have it in the house any longer. She begged him to take it. Maybe you're right, Dina. Maybe the mask is in that package. If I am right, we'll have all the proof we need, Dina said, smiling for the first time in a long while. It'll prove to the police that we were telling the truth, and it'll free Chuck. Whoa, slow down. But I'm so excited about... No, I mean slow down, Jade said. There's Farberson's restaurant. He's parking right in front. Dina slammed on the brakes. Luckily, there was no one behind her. She saw a parking spot across the street, letting a van go by. She made a wide U-turn and pulled into it. Then both girls got out of the car and ducked low behind a bus shelter. They watched Farberson climb out of his car and lock it. He had the brown package under his arm. He walked to a row of garbage cans on the curb. Great, Jade whispered. If he drops it in one of those cans, we can easily pull it out after he goes inside. But once again, Farberson changed his mind. Transferring a package to his right hand, he turned away from the curb and headed into the narrow alley that ran beside the restaurant. Come on, we've got to follow him, Jade said, looking both ways and then bounding across the street. But, but he'll see us, Dina cried, following her. Just keep against the wall, Jade warned. They inched along the wall, following Farberson to the back of the restaurant. Stopping at the corner of the building, they watched him enter a small cement courtyard, walled in by buildings on all four sides. A tall yellow garbage dumpster stood in the center of the courtyard. Farberson scanned the area, as if not wanting to be seen. 
Jade and Dina pressed themselves against the dirty brick wall and held their breath. Farberson tossed a package into the dumpster, then quickly disappeared into the door at the back of the restaurant. Let's go get it, Dina whispered. She was nearly trembling with excitement. Her heart was racing so fast she could barely breathe. Shh. Wait another minute, Jade said, holding her friend back. Make sure he's gone inside for good. The minute seemed endless to both girls. When they were sure the courtyard was deserted, they nodded to each other and made a run toward the dumpster. They were halfway across the courtyard when a man's voice called to them angrily. Hey, what are you doing? Dina froze. It felt as if her heart had suddenly stopped. She turned around. What are you girls doing back there? The door to the restaurant's kitchen was open. Two men wearing white aprons were at a long counter chopping vegetables. One of them, the one who had called to them, stepped to the doorway. Uh, we thought the entrance was back here, Jade said, thinking quickly as usual. The man chewed on a toothpick and eyed them both suspiciously. We're closed, he said. We're not open for lunch, he spit out the toothpick. Oh, okay, see you later, Jade said. She followed Dina, who was already hurrying away. They ran back along the narrow alleyway. Neither of them said a word until they were safely back in the car and heading toward Dina's house. Close call, Jade muttered finally, still looking shaken. That cook didn't look like a nice guy. What are we going to do, Dina wailed. We've got to get that package. We were so close. If only... We'll go back, Jade said. But the kitchen door is open. That guy will never let us get to the dumpster. No, not right now, Jade said, thinking hard. We'll go back tonight. The cooks will be so busy, they won't have time to notice two girls pawing through their garbage. They drove on for a while in silence. What do you think, Jade asked finally. Is that a good plan? Dina's features hardened. We have no choice, she said quietly. Park as close as you can to the alley, Jade instructed. Just in case, we have to make a run for it. Dina felt a wave of fear run down her body. Do you think we'll have to run? Jade shrugged. Just being realistic. Don't look so scared. No one's going to do anything dreadful to us for going through a garbage dumpster. What if Farberson sees us? She swerved to avoid a girl on a bicycle crossing the street against the light. Wish these headlights were brighter. It's so dark tonight. There's no moon, Jade said, looking up at the sky through the car window. It's nearly nine o'clock, Dina. I'm sure Farberson is really busy. I hope you're right, Dina said, unable to shake off her feeling of dread. The restaurant came into view. It's crowded tonight, Dina said, slowing down, searching for a parking place. The places on that side of the street are all taken. Oh well, Jade said disappointed. Park in an empty lot across the street. Maybe we'll get lucky and won't have to run for our lives. Very funny, Dina said, pulling into the lot and parking the car as near to the street as possible. How come you're in such a breezy mood? I'm not, Jade said seriously. I'm just excited because I think you're right about that package. And if you are right, and we do get the mask tonight, we'll be able to get Chuck out of jail, and the real murderer in. Dita held up her hands with both sets of fingers crossed. Let's go. A few seconds later, they were making their way through the narrow alley. It seemed much narrower and longer in the dark, and much creepier. Why didn't we bring flashlights, Dina asked, walking along the wall right behind Jade. Flashlights will be noticed, Jade whispered. Don't worry, there'll be enough light from the surrounding buildings once we get to the courtyard. They came to the back of the building. The courtyard was illuminated by a single light bulb above the kitchen door, which both girls were thankful to see was closed. That's a break, Dina whispered. Just pray that no one opens it while we're back here, Jade said, and then she gasped and nearly fell backward into Dina. Jade, what's wrong? Dina cried, startled. Something, something scampered over my feet. It, Dina looked down. A large gray rat scurried past them and disappeared in the dark alley. Oh, that was the worst feeling, Jade said, breathing hard. There must be more of them, Dina said, her voice trembling. They probably come back here for the garbage. Oh! Another rat leapt off the top of the dumpster. It made a screechy noise as it hit the pavement. 
then scurried off in the direction of his companion. Come on, Dina, let's see if the rats have left us anything. As they approached the tall dumpster, Dina gazed up at the building surrounding the courtyard. There were lights on in several windows. She hoped no one would accidentally see them down there. Come on, Jade urged. It's too tall to see the bottom. We've got to climb in. What? Climb in? Dina took a deep breath. The stench of rotting food filled her nostrils. Ugh! You'll get used to it, Jade said, holding her nose. I think. Come on, give me a boost. I'll get in and then pull you up. It's disgusting, Dina complained, starting to feel sick. I, I really can't stand the smell. Dina, forget about the smell. Snap out of it. Let's grab the package and get out of here. Give me a boost. Dina struggled to push her up to the top of the dumpster. Jade grabbed hold of the rim, pulled herself in, and then dropped to the bottom. If you think it smells bad out there, wait till you get in here, Jade called. Do you see the package? Dina asked hopefully. All I can see is rotting cabbage, Jade said. They must have made a lot of coleslaw today. She leaned over the side and offered her arms to Dina. Come on, I'll help you in. We're both going to have to search. Are there rats in there with you? Dina asked, taking Jade's hands. Only a few, Jade answered dryly. She tugged, and a few seconds later, Dina was beside her, also knee-deep in garbage. Come on, start searching. They began pawing through the wet, rotting garbage. This is so disgusting, Dina complained. I'm going to have to take six baths when I get home. We'll have to bury our clothes, Jade said. Now where is that package? It must be down near the bottom. Oh, these fish parts smell the worst. Suddenly they heard a noise. They stopped their search and ducked low. The kitchen door had opened. Dina held her breath. Someone was approaching the dumpster. No, no, please go away, she begged silently. Suddenly, two big black plastic garbage bags came flying on top of the two girls. Jade toppled over in the garbage. Dina managed to rein upright. Neither of them made a sound. The footsteps retreated. The kitchen door closed. Jade, where are you? Dina whispered, shoving one of the garbage bags away. Where do you think? Jade's voice was muffled. Oh, Lord, I'm covered in garbage. Why don't these people use garbage bags for all their garbage? She started to pull herself to her feet, then stopped. What's the matter? Dina asked. Some of the garbage at the other end of the dumpster was moving. She realized there must be a hungry rat at the bottom at that end. I felt something, Jade said, reaching down to the bottom. Then she smiled and held up the brown package. Got it. Quick, open it up, Dina cried excitedly. Is it the mask? No, not here, Jade said. Let's get back to the car. Dina quickly agreed. She jumped down from the dumpster, then helped Jade down. They looked at the restaurant kitchen, but the door remained closed. With the odor of the garbage still in their nostrils, they ran at full speed down the dark alleyway. As they reached the sidewalk, they nearly collided with an old couple leaving the restaurant. Watch where you're going, the man cried, but they didn't stop running until they reached the parking lot. Then they both leaned against the car and waited to catch their breath. Open it, come on, Dina demanded. We did it, Jade. We got our proof. I knew we could get Chuck out of trouble. The package was tied very tightly. Jade struggled to remove the string. It feels too heavy to be a mask, she said. That's because his shirt must be in there too, Dina said, watching Jade's efforts impatiently. Finally, Jade pulled off the string and tore open the package. Both girls screamed when they saw what was in the bag. Chapter 17 The dead cat seemed to stare up at them. Its eyes had already sunk deep into its head. It smelled worse than the dumpster. Jade dropped the cat, still wrapped in brown paper on the ground. I don't believe it, Dina wailed. A dead cat. Farberson was throwing away a dead cat. Miss Morrison said she was having a bad morning, Jade recalled. I guess her cat died. I guess she couldn't bear to deal with it. So she asked Farberson to do it. I don't believe it, Dina said again, shaking her head. It was taking a lot of effort not to burst into tears. I'm so disappointed, Jade. Me too. Jade leaned against the trunk of the car and closed her eyes. I really thought you were right, Dina. I thought we had the mask. I thought, oh, what's the point? She asked bitterly. 
She glanced down at the dead cat at her feet and made a face. Now what? Dina asked glumly. What do we have for all of our clever detective work? Well, we know that Farberson plans to leave the country on Saturday. We know that he and Miss Morrison... Nothing! Dina interrupted bitterly. We've got nothing. No proof of any kind. No proof that he was the man in the mask. No proof that he killed his wife. Nothing. Well, maybe he didn't do it, Jade said thoughtfully. Huh? Dina looked at Jade in shock. Maybe we jumped to the wrong conclusion because Farberson's voice is similar to the man in the masks. But face it, Dina, we don't have any evidence at all, just as you said. No, it was him that night. It was Farberson, Dina insisted. I have no doubt about that. Jade looked at her. No doubt at all? Dina didn't reply. She sighed wearily. Come on, let's go home. They climbed into the car. Dina searched in the dark for her keys. Why don't they put some lights in this parking lot? It's as dark as that alley. Jade shuddered. Don't remind me of the alley. Dina finally found the key and struggled to get it into its slot. Come on, let's get out of here, Jade said edgily. I'm trying, Dina whined. She started the engine and put the car into reverse. She turned to look out the rear window as she started to back up, and a powerful hand reached from the back seat and grabbed her shoulder. No! she screamed and slammed on the brake. Jade turned, her eyes wide with horror, and saw the man in a mask just as he grabbed her shoulder with his other hand. Ouch! You're hurting me! He squeezed her shoulders hard and pushed his mask's face up close to them. Don't you ever let me see you again, he said in a low menacing growl. I only give one warning. His breath was hot and smelled of garlic. He shoved them both hard from behind, then lurched from the car, leaving the back door open and disappeared into the darkness.